0: no matter how tarnished you feel like you may look, no matter how dirty you feel like you are, you have value. God wants to use you in your mess. You have value. And God reminded me just like that. It was a reminder that I didn't know I needed Because I'm over here just throwing away these pennies because they don't look good. And God said, no, that's that's an example of you. But yet it Mm -hmm. still has value. If you were to take it to the store right now to give the, the cashier some change, they will still accept it. Because it still has value. That's the same thing God is saying to you. I will still accept you because you have value.
1: Come on. So good.
0: Yeah, i be wrecking me, girl. <laughs>
1: Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Danielle Mason, bringing you authentic conversation, transparency around real life experiences, and actionable tips to create your next breakthrough today. Think of this as your home away from home healing oasis where we overshare and overcome obstacles together. Pull up a seat, come as you are, and be ready to leave feeling challenged to reflect, encouraged to take action, and inspired to change. This is the Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. I wanted to preface this episode, just while editing it, I just felt like we really needed to clarify the fact that our worthiness is in our identity in Christ alone. Without God's grace, we wouldn't even be able to breathe, to see, to taste, to touch, to love, and it's truly all through the grace of God, and so if we try to seek worthiness in self apart from God, we won't truly ever find that freedom and the life beyond our earthly life. I know new age principles and teachings are so big today and God delivered me from that. And so I really just wanted to clarify because Taylor and I were just flowing through our conversation. So I just felt like I needed to preface the conversation with that and reminding you Jesus's blood is what deems our value. His blood is the biggest price that anybody could ever pay for you. Welcome back to another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs. I am here with a really sweet friend of mine, Taylor Simone, and she is somebody who I was so excited to have on the show and for you guys to hear from her. And just where she is right now in life, I totally relate to where she is right now. We were having a conversation before we hit record. And she is somebody who is passionate about women empowerment. And she is seeking after God's heart and truly walking and discovering the purpose that he has for her and what he's called her into. And I wish you guys could see her. She's literally just like lighting up with so much joy. She helps women start and go through their healing process. And she is somebody that I feel like can Add so much value to you. And I'm just really excited to have her on the show. So it's Taylor, welcome to Blackouts and Breakthroughs. Yes, Danielle.
0: <laughs> man, I'm so excited to be on this. Man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much just for having me, inviting me into, into this space, this intimate space, just to have a conversation with you, man. I'm so So just overjoyed, so honored to talk with you. And I just, I know it took us some time to get here. But nonetheless, we are here on today, and man, when you initially reached out to me some time back ago, actually around the time you were launching your podcast, I was so excited and so proud of you. I was just like, "Wait, she's reaching out to me? (laughs) What? She wants me to be a part of her podcast?" So thank you so much for just considering me and finding me, even you know, worthy enough to be on a platform such as yours. That means a lot.
1: (laughs) Of course. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you. So I'm. I'll just give you guys like a little background of how we met we met in a an investment group and I had my eye on her she was just she was always a light and so of course I would invite you to this show and I just feel like you have so much value to give to these women that are listening who are seeking for self-worth and that's really what we're going to be talking about and what Taylor is going to just really guide us through so if you're somebody who may be struggling with your, your self-worth or your self-image or maybe you find yourself looking at other people, maybe comparing yourself to them, looking to see, okay, well, I don't have what they have. And you're in this continual, like I would say, thought jail or confinement that you've put yourself in, and just in this state of mind where you feel like you aren't worthy to walk up to the plate. You aren't worthy to take a shot at the things that God's calling you to. And so Taylor, I know you've had a whole walk through a whole journey. I don't really know your story, which I love that because I get to hear it for the first time here with everybody else, but I would love for you to talk a little bit about like where were you before you started this, you know, empowerment journey that you're on, your healing journey and walk me through like where you found yourself at, like your mental state and emotional state before you really gained that self-awareness where you were like, okay, I need to make a change in my life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good question, Danielle. Um, man, so deep, <laughs> so much to yeah you know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. You know, where was I? Before. To answer that, at its best, I was hiding <laughs> internally, just really struggling and just battling almost to the point of like suffocation. You know, I was like suffocating internally, but on the outside, you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't have a clue what this girl here was just really battling with. Constantly just having these conversations with myself when it comes to like just who I am and struggling with. Um, how to respond to what God says I am, who God says I am. And then on the opposite side of that, hearing also what the world says I am, who the world says I am, you know? So having to go back at home at the end of the day, like to be by myself, you know, I just struggled with so much internally and just self isolation. So much to the point, and you know, I'm pretty sure we'll get a little deeper into it, but so much to the point, like mentally, I checked out. I just wasn't here. And as a result of not being here anymore, you know, being here, I was just like, well, what's the point of even my existence? I've already checked out mentally. I just feel like I have nothing more to even offer. Who am I? I'm I'm nobody, you know? And a lot of this did stem from like self-image, you know, my image and just struggling with that and growing up and being young girl from my young age to even struggling as I grew with her weight being overweight um, for most of my life and I hid behind that that identity and I didn't really know how to own that. I didn't know how to walk in that. I didn't know how to define myself in this in this body. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know how to define myself within this particular image so I struggled. I struggled and I struggled and I struggled to like no end and it was really hard for me. You know, it was really hard for me to really accept myself for who God created me to be, despite what the world sees and says. So a lot of my life has been me walking out that and mentally, like I said, I checked out. I checked out, man, and I hid on the outside, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't have not a slightest idea. You know, and a lot of this, a lot of a lot of the root of this was the fact that I was rejected so many times from so many things. And as a result of that rejection, I just felt like I wasn't worthy. As a result of that rejection, I just felt like I'm no good, I'm not good enough. If I can't be good in this season of my life, then I won't be good in the next season either, you know? And so, man, it's a constant whirlwind of those thoughts and battling and suffocating internally. And then that bled out, eventually that started bleeding out externally as I grew. And man, so much to the point where I didn't even wanna be here anymore, if I'm being honest. Um, so yeah, man, that's really, I don't know if I went in circles with your question, but that's really, that's really where I was.
1: Yeah. Wow. And first I just want to say thank you for being vulnerable. I know we're going to go deep on this show in this podcast, but, um, I, I just know that there's people listening that can relate to where you were. They might be walking through that. They may be trying to navigate. How do I like enjoy life? How do I love myself? How do I find my place in this world and how do I block out what these other people are saying to me? And you said something that's so big is that rejection. That is a seed that typically is planted in our hearts and can just really take root and take over our our self-worth and our self-image and what we believe how we believe we can show up in the world and it will just strip us from our confidence so I definitely relate with that and I know a lot of people have faced that rejection and I love that you said you noticed where it came from like what the root of that was were you always aware of where where your lack of self-worth came from did you always know that it was rooted from rejection or how and how did you go about discovering that
0: um no, <laughs> I didn't. That's been a that's been a process, you know, um, even to getting to that point where I could identify, well, what was the root or what is, you know, the root? And coming into that level of just self-awareness with myself, I, I struggled with that for a very, very, very long time because I didn't know how to internalize. You know, I didn't know how to process. You know, I didn't know how to be honest. I didn't know how to be vulnerable. I didn't know how to express. You know, and as a result of that, I just just suffered that much more, you know, not being able to, not being able to do these things. And so, no, it wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't always able to identify. It was just easier for me to act as if nothing was wrong. You know, it was just so much easier for me to just dust everything under the rug and just keep on doing that, you know, over and over again, and then up to the point where eventually that rug rug compiled so much dust under it, and it's just like, okay, this is a mess, right? This is a hot mess. You know, who are you? What are you doing? God really had to break me down, right, to the point where I just had to self-isolate and be on my own to really find out who was this girl and why is she attached To these other identities that she's not, you know, what, what, why, where did this come from? How did we get here? When I started asking myself those questions, that's when I was able to figure out, okay, well, what, what is the root of this? The rejection that transpired from multiple things—it started creating all this pain inside of me and out of, and, and I didn't know how to respond to it. The best thing that I can do is <laughs> go to God <laughs> and figure out like that was the best. I Out of this, it was like a whirlwind. I kid you not, Danielle, it was a whirlwind of emotions. And it really led me into a very, very dark, dark place. One of the darkest places that I've ever been in my life as a result of just who I am. Like don't feel good about myself. Don't believe I'm beautiful. Don't believe I'm worth. Like all these things, right? As so many women struggle with right? Mm-hmm. So many women struggle with how they see themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and I can truly say that I didn't see myself the way that God's saw me at all. And you couldn't, you couldn't preach to me. You couldn't, you couldn't tell me anything to even get me to see myself that way. This was mm-hmm. something that really had to happen internally. And the only way that things happen internally is if you invite God in, because come on, <laughs> You know, he's spirit. The only way internally, we're talking about inside the spirit so the only way that there, there can be a shift in my life, the only way that could be a shift in this identity, the only way that it could be a shift in the, is if I do invite God. So it got me to the lowest point where I had to get in another posture. I had to change my posture and I just had to go to the feet of God about who I am. You know, and that's when he just started revealing, he started revealing himself to me even more, you know, really just started showing and breaking down like certain barriers or breaking down certain ideologies about myself. I just started breaking down all these things and out of that place, even though it was hurtful, right? It's kind of, it's painful to to come in contact or it's painful to confront. It could be painful (laughs) to confront what you don't want to, but- I said, you know, we have to shake this because if we don't, then this thing here that we call life is not going to last. So that's where I got.
1: No, you said so much there. Mm -hmm. The first thing I want to touch on is when you said that you started asking those questions to understand what where this all came from. And it might sound like such a simple thing, because it is a simple thing to do. But so many times we neglect doing that we neglect doing this internal work, we neglect asking ourselves, okay, well, why do I feel this way? Why do I react this way versus just continuing to go in the cycle and continuing to live the life as you know it to be. And I think that is such a big step. So if you're listening, and you really are curious, like what maybe that step to take, and we'll get deeper into that. But ask, yourself why you, you feel like you aren't deserving or you aren't worthy. And then the second thing you said, Taylor, was that you, the only way, this was so good. The only way for internal things to change and that internal work was to invite God in. That is so big because I went through. It was probably like a year, a year and a half where I was just relying on, you know, like self-help books and I would talk about God like I knew him, but I didn't really know God. And um, I was more so relying on my own human capabilities. And I was relying on what I could read and what I could learn and what I could do, these habits, these morning, these daily routines and all this stuff. And it wasn't until I got to a point where I was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. And so uh, the thing that is similar with a lot of people when they actually find God is is when they are at their lowest and when they come to the end of themselves and they say, I need a supernatural force to help me. I... I don't want this all to be on my own. Like I need something else, a higher power, God, to help me through this. And you truly have to get to that point to, I feel like know and understand the love of God, the love of Jesus, understanding who he is and how he can literally transform you. And so it wasn't until that surrender where I actually experienced internal change. I started to become a new creation. I started to not just I started to actually become confident and to understand who I was, not what, like you said, the world was saying, you wanna be this person, but who God is saying that you are. So that is so good, Taylor. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I do wanna touch on like, okay, so the importance of doing this, you know, Mm -hmm. how did the view of yourself, you kind of talked about this, but how, how did the view of yourself and the view of your lack of worthiness affect other areas of your life? You know, relationships, work, school, whatever you had going on, how did it affect the view of yourself, your self image affect all those areas of your life?
0: Ooh, child. (laughs) How did it affect, man, I don't even think I realized just how much you know, actually, until more recently, like very recently, mm-hmm. like God gave me just a revelation. You know, I love when God, even though sometimes it can be, ugh, it can be annoying sometimes, but yeah. don't you just love when God just reveals yourself to yourself, <laughs> oh <my laughs> like <God. it's> kind <laughs> of like those parts of you that you don't even like. You are like, uh. so man, that's something more recent that I actually just recalled and went back mm-hmm. to, but and I didn't realize how much of an impact. That area of my life alone was impacting other areas of my life. Like you said, relationships, career, like so much. What I'll say is when you don't know yourself, you can't show up in the world the way that you're supposed to. There is a way that God would have you to show up in the world, but you can't even show up as that if you don't know yourself. That struggle, again, that internal struggle really caused me to like really suffer in other areas of my life. And just to get a little bit deeper in that, even though on the surface level, I could do pretty well, like, for example, with relationships, friendships and whatnot, I would be able to show up as somebody, but I wasn't showing up my authentic self. So it was always this fabrication of someone that I'm not, which was creating an even deeper suffocation. So now on top of what I'm struggling with internally, when it comes to myself, when it comes to my self-worth, when it comes to my self-image. Now I'm creating myself to be someone else that I'm not out of response, just so I can maintain certain areas of my life, just so I can maintain certain relationships and friendships, just so I can maintain this level of a career, whatever the case is. And so, man, a struggle, because when you don't know who you are. Anything, anything can get over. You just respond to life, however, because you don't know who you are. There's no definition of that. You don't have a solid definition of that. And so I didn't have that definition of who I was. So as a result of that, my relationships, my career path, just all these different areas of my life suffocated with me, like, (laughs) you know, suffocated with me. And then, like I said, and even that, That led to that isolation even more because it was like, man, if I'm no good for myself, you know, I can't be, I won't be able to be good in any other area of my life. It's just... I'm so big well now going through all of this and going through these struggles and and dealing with a lot of, that I've dealt with in my life like I'm so big on self on in, the emphasis like I put a huge emphasis on self because for so long a lot of times because you want to be good you want the world to see you as good mm-hmm. a lot of times when we respond to things in our life it's because we want to and subconsciously we don't even know that we're doing this we want the world to think that everything is good. We want we want everything to be shiny. We want everything to look good. And man that doesn't, that, that doesn't amount to the internal. Like it doesn't amount to how much you're bleeding inside, you know? And so for me, I had to stop responding to the friendships. I had to stop responding to the relationships. I had to stop responding to even the career. Like I had to stop all of it because it was fabricated anyways. I had to finally allow myself and give myself permission to respond to me. What does that look like? What will that be? How how will life shift and change for me when I start responding to myself and not seeking external validation, you know, from, so- from anything? So, yeah, girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she went off. No, that's so good, though, because, I mean – you there's no fulfillment. I mean, if you're if you're going out through this life and you're not sure of who you are, you're not you don't even understand what God says about you, how you're a gem, how you're a treasure, how you're precious in His eyes, how you're so fearfully wonderfully made and loved. Then you will you won't walk or show up as that person that He's created you and called you to be. And you can find yourself honestly like I don't want to say wasted because I feel like. Honestly, yeah. I mean, there's definitely moments in my life where I felt like I've wasted many years. And so Mm. time, time wasted or your energy wasted on things that don't really bring you fulfillment, that don't align with your values. So if you are not sure about who you are, you won't find that fulfillment or that alignment with the things that you're doing and the people, your friendships. And so I know whenever I actually started, pursuing God, a lot of things in my life changed. What I felt like was important wasn't important to me anymore. The things that I wanted to do, I didn't have any desire to do those things anymore. And so he really just transformed my focus, transformed, opened my eyes to things that he knew would bring me fulfillment, things that he knew would bring me joy. And let me tell you, the last honestly, year that I've walked with Christ has I've gained and I've learned and I've grown, and I've transformed so much more than any other time in my life. And so he will actually get you your years back that you've lost. And um, <laughs> I, I love this. It's so it's such a spirit filled conversation. I love it so much. Um, I know that you work with women. And so I love how you've because I mean, I know you've heard it, our greatest pain is our ministry. It's usually what we're we're called to to minister to. And so I know you work with women within your organization, which is so beautiful and helping them heal and helping them find themselves. What Do you find that this lack of identity and this lack of self-worth, do you find that to be a common theme among the women that you work with? And where do you usually find that it stems from? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes, (laughs) man. The amount and the level, like, I see it's a continuous struggle when it comes to just the women and her identity. Some don't see it as that, but when it comes to worth and self-worth and self-value and whatnot, it's very, very common. It's a common thread that I see from one woman or one young girl to another young girl or one woman to another woman. And honestly, where it starts is everybody's story is different. You know, but what I will say that I've noticed and that I've realized is that it does start at birth. <laughs> you know, and it goes all the way back in time, and it starts at you know someone's childhood. But for me, what I realized and what I've found out about myself is I grew up in a household where I really wasn't affirmed, and as a result of that, me not being affirmed, I let the world become my affirmation. So whatever whatever we only see affirmations really as something that's positive but there's affirmations out there that we're speaking to ourselves every single day that go against what God says about us you know that go against who he's called us to be that go against right so consciously speaking these affirmations you know that the world who the world says that I am and I see that in a lot of young ladies I see that in a lot of women today that it, it started maybe in the childhood, right? Or it started when they were young. And then the world, as you grow in the world, the world doesn't make it easier to come into that, that fullness or to come into that um, true identity of who got, like the world don't make it easier, right? The world dresses everything up. The world makes everything look good. And so it's easy to get on social media today and see someone on social media and you instantly, in an instant, compare your yourself to that woman, you know, because you don't feel like you amount up to what the the image, the physical image that you see. But you don't know internally what on the other side what that woman is dealing with, right? And so it's just been a constant it's a continuous cycle that I do see amongst our women and it really starts there. And that's why I wanted to get to I, that's why I wanted to, that's why I wanted to make it real personal with me because I said Taylor, if you are going to walk into the fullness of God, if you're going to walk into who God has called you to be on this earth, you have to really recognize who you are. And that really came down. And one of the biggest things that I saw that I was struggling with was my self-worth, my self-esteem, but that stemmed from self-love. You know, I didn't know what that was. A lot of women don't know what it really means to love themselves. I only saw myself being good for what I, what, what I can be to somebody else, not what I can be for myself. Like that's the, that's the only way that I would see myself as good in that particular light. And outside of it, I didn't see myself as good. And so, and I see that pattern <laughs> in a lot of our women today, right. you know, a lot of young, a lot of young girls struggle with their self-worth. It's, it's really deep. When yeah. God has opened up my eyes in this season, particularly to just see more of that, to be able to not just see it, just to see it, right. But to be able to help and offer a solution in that area is to get women and to get girls back to themselves. The nature of who God has called them to be and how God sees them, what God says about their worth.
1: I've seen it in myself. And I think, I mean, you kept saying it, it does stem from our childhood and the world doesn't make it easier. We, the society has really set expectations on women of how to look, how to dress, what is considered sexy or what is considered attractive as a woman. And it's honestly so far from the truth. And whenever I say the truth, I mean, from what God has said about us and what God has, how he has described a woman of God. Another important thing that you said was you weren't affirmed as a child and that's such a great example because I feel like a lot of a lot of women can relate with that and when they don't feel that love in their family and people who are supposed to be like closest to them and they also haven't found that love in God they are gonna go seek that in the world they're gonna go seek that from other people they're gonna go seek that validation from the world and the people around them because they don't know who God is I would love to you to share how you actually walk women so say you've identified that to be a problem that they're going through a problem in their life how do you help them improve their self-image like what are i guess like first couple steps that you recommend to that woman
0: yeah absolutely So for every woman, it could look a little different or it can be a little different just for the simple fact that again, everybody's story is different, right? Um, So as far as like where that self-worth is rooted from, that's where we start with. So we have to really identify because in order for us to make something new, you gotta pluck the root, you gotta pluck the root. So we do, we do have to go back, like where did this come from? And so sometimes for some women that can be a very, very, hunting place a uh, very terrifying place because it it means you have to revisit moments and areas of your life that like I said earlier what I did is just dust under the rug you know certain things that you just don't even want to deal with you don't want to recall that maybe you don't see as the thing that <laughs> as the thing or as the reason as to why you're even struggling in that area of your life so the first thing is is we take it back Because it can be... Very difficult just to come and just start with right where you are. You know, like we have to, we have to go back in time to be able to recall and recount and revisit where where this really did stem from, right? So we go back to identify moments, to identify experiences. For some women, that may be memories. Whatever the case is, memories are not always good. <laughs> yeah. So it can be a very uncomfortable but once you start allowing yourself to begin that journey, it can be very liberating um, because you then come into that realization that I'm not operating in, in the fullness of, of the worth of who God says that I am, how he's called me worthy. Like, I don't operate in that. I just maybe been operating in this false or this fictitious level of worth that the world has created, you know, but it's not, it's not real. (laughs) It's not real. So yeah, the first things first is you got to go back. (laughs) Pretty much all areas. areas.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah you yeah. have got and, to go back <laughs> yeah no for sure that's that's huge gotta go back and so say so, okay I've identified so I bring me on. I'm like Taylor okay I've, I've identified that it stems from here it stems from my dad abandoning me or you know abusive relationship or whatever it is then how do you how do you uproot it what's that process yeah. so the first thing so when you go back
0: now that it gives you the strength And you may not have the strength as of yet, but when you're going back and when you're allowing yourself, you're giving yourself permission, right? Because that is ultimately something that you have to say, you have to allow yourself to do. So when you allow yourself to go back You're allowing yourself to face it. So, with when when you allow yourself to do that, you know the I'd say the next biggest thing in that identification process or in those particular phases or whatnot is embracing. Now that I've identified these areas of my life, right now that I've identified maybe the root cause that or maybe the or whatever the case is, now I now I have to intentionally find ways to embrace. This season, or embrace this moment, or embrace this experience, or embrace whatever it was, because the thing is you can't change it. That's that's a part of you, right? That is a part of you, that's something, and that was a moment, and that was an experience, that was an encounter, that was a time that you had to personally go through. That is written into your story that God particularly weaved into your story. Right. So now it's like, OK, well, how do we own this? How do we embrace this moment? You know, how do we embrace this experience right now that I've, I've faced it and now that I identified what the root is? Right. And then once we come into that, that embracing and owning right now, I'm going to own this. OK, yeah. now I'm going to own who I am. Now I'm going to own this story. Now I'm going to own this moment. Now I'm going to own this experience. Now I can overcome. And that's what leads to the freedom. That's what leads to me being liberated. And that's where I am going to experience my biggest breakthrough. Hmm. Yeah. So I would say it's and it could be a process. It doesn't happen overnight, you know, because what happened to you didn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Right. So what's happening here is you have to it's it, it It happens in layers. It happens in layers. And so now we're peeling back these layers one by one by one by one to be able to get to the real you. Yes. You know, the real you. So.
1: No, that's so good. So identify, embrace, overcome. And that leads to your freedom. I love that so much. How did you embrace the rejection? Did, was it like words that you spoke to yourself or what were some things that you did to embrace it?
0: Hmm. Ooh, child. <laughs> Girl, when I say this thing here, <laughs> it tore me up. So one of my biggest, and there's been moments, right? And I'll, uh, sh- I'll share this with you. There has been moments where I've experienced, you know, rejection, you know, throughout moments and seasons of my life. Different moments that have ultimately cultivated, you know, my life experience. And one of the one of the the big moments for me, which I didn't realize then when it was happening, but it was because it was so painful. But God ended up, man, God is so good. God ended up pivoting that pain um into purpose. And that's what God will do, but we'll get there in a minute. But yeah, after I realized, oh man. This rejection, you know, when I was in part of my story is when I was in undergrad, right? Ob- obtaining my my bachelor's degree, um, I went to an HBCU, and so a historically black college university. And you know, something that was huge on BCU's, particularly and part of the culture there, is like the SGA, Student Government Association, being a part of um, being a part of that. And so, like like queen positions and representation or representative of some sort to the highest degree of the school. Right. And so um, that's very, very looked at when you attend like an HBCU or something like that. So I part of a part of my story was that I ran for my particular queen's position at my school. okay, And in the end of it, it's this long drawn out winded story, but just to make it short, my hesitation in doing it was actually, the ended up actually being the same outcome that I had when it came to me actually deciding that I was going to do it. So I ended up, like I said, running for this prestigious position at my university. And that was where I experienced one of the biggest rejection moments in my life. And that biggest rejection moment came from a place of, it was discriminatory, but I wasn't the look. I didn't look like the ideal image, right, mm-hmm. of of a queen. If you looked at like the the pattern of like queens previously up to my particular running I didn't look like any of those. Right. I was I was obese. I was overweight. And so all those things really, really didn't allow me to qualify for that particular role or for that particular title or whatever you want to call it. And so I ended up getting set up. I ended up getting set up by, you know, administrative staff at the university, as well as some of my former um, classmates to basically make it look as though I did something wrong. So that way they can put me out of it or disqualify me from, from my particular race, particular running or campaign. So that way they couldn't just, cause they couldn't just discriminate me. They couldn't just get get rid of me that way. That would have been a much bigger issue. Right. So I was set up, you know, by, by my university, I was set up by, by some other colleagues of mine to get me out of that. And that was a very, very, very painful season and moment in my life. So much to the point where I was going, when I was going through my matriculation in college, you know, that was going into my fourth year, um, my senior year um, in college. And so coming home, this happened literally right before my last year in college. So coming home for the summer before I even went back to school, I was very, very isolated. And um, I was very, very suicidal because I felt like this moment here was a defining moment in my life. And I already struggled. One of the reasons why I wasn't going to even run for a prestigious position like that was because I struggled with my self-image. I felt like nobody was even going to vouch for me. Nobody was even going to vote for me. Nobody was going to believe in me. But I ended up taking that, my personal reasons, and and using that as my actual platform as to why I ran. But then the outcome of it was the same going into it. Right. So it was very hurtful. It was extremely hurtful. And I was very, very suicidal so much to the point where I'm just like, okay, I mean, if I wasn't accepted in this and I was rejected in this, then I'm not going to be accepted in anything in my life. Right. So the enemy used that as a tool. And this is what the enemy is good for. He used that as a tool to come into my life. And because at that point point in time, I wasn't Rock solid in my belief in my and ro- wasn't rock solid with with who I really knew God to be. I allowed Him and I started entertaining those thoughts. Right, I started entertaining those things when the enemy would come visit me in my room. You know, when I was, the best way for him to get you is when you're by yourself. And so I just remember when he started to tell me like, "You're never going to be good enough. You might as well just end it here. You're never going to amount to anything. You just mind, You might as well just end it here. The world is." never going to see you you the world is never going to see you worthy you are never going to be valuable to anybody and i started to really entertain and have conversations back with the enemy almost to the point where it caused me to almost take my life but in those moments when you surrender there's always a but i love a but god moment right because that was what ended up happening is that became a but God moment where God came in. It's like a wind of God literally came in when I was in my room and he blew he blew, he came in and he met me in my pain. He met me in my tears. He met me when I was low. Like he met me right there. And he reminded me just how good I was. He reminded me just how enough I was. He reminded me that this, what you just went through, you eyes haven't seen nor ears have not heard. This This specifically happened to you for a greater reason than what you can even see right now, right? So I need you to live this thing out. And when God came in my room and met me, there, that's when I was reminded of the goodness of God in my life. Like that's where I was reminded that this thing can turn around. That's where I was reminded that that rejection was actually repositioning me. And that's what God will do. He will use your rejection. It doesn't, you may look at his rejection right now, but I promise you, if you just get over to the other side of it, it is repositioning for God's best in your life. Right. And that's what I had to come to recognition, recognition to like that, that particular moment in my life had to happen as painful as it was, as public as it was, because it was, it was in the news. It was, it was everywhere. Right. And people wanted me to respond a certain way to it, but I chose not to because the Lord says, vengeance is mine. I'll fight for you. All you need to do is be still. So that particular moment became a still moment for me, for God, just to remind me who I was. And finally, that's really for real, Danielle, what really began my journey to, to loving myself. It's, a, it's an ongoing journey, <laughs> but that really began my journey to that.
1: So good. I had chills. My gosh. <laughs> I love your butt God moment. You touched on a lot of things with what you just said, one, what the enemy does. And when you're aware of what he does, how to fight him, you you literally have the authority to to speak and to, and to tell the enemy to leave. Like it becomes to where he is an annoying fly that's just flying around. And whenever you start to, and this just happens as you continue building and walking with the Lord is that you can really identify the tricks of the enemy yeah. and those lies. And it's when it becomes dangerous when you... when you take the lies that he's telling you and you believe it as truth. Mm -hmm. And every single lie, this is an action item for you listening. Every single lie that you have believed from the enemy, literally uproot it and talk to God. So uprooting it in my point of view and perspective is how you uproot these lies is one, identify them like Taylor said. And the second thing is going to God and and telling God that you repent of believing these lies at the end has spoken yeah. over your life. You repent and you and you say God, I'm sorry that uh, I repent for believing to be fearful, for for doubting myself and start to repent of those things and ask God to fill you. And and really that's how you're you're uprooting cuz the words that are spoken to you, right? Life and death is in the power of the tongue truly is. And so when Taylor, you were saying there's negative and positive affirmations that can happen over your life and that you can accept as truth. That's so real. If you're struggling with self-worth, take a scripture, take a verse that you can read every single day, 10 times a day, multiple times a day, and say it out loud. Literally, don't just pray to God in your mind. Don't just like speak truth out, speak truth with your tongue, speak life over yourself and your situation Mm -hmm. until you do believe it. Because Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is it is a process. So Mm -hmm. you don't wake up like I did not wake up one day and say, Oh my gosh, I just love myself. And like, I'm just so grateful for life today. Like, no, it is a daily walk, a daily surrender, a daily journey. So thank you for sharing that story. Because I love to hear the moments. I love to hear that specific moment of when you decided to pursue God. I love to hear that when people make that decision so that is so huge because it's like when you're at that lowest and you're being so attacked and then you have a but god moment i love that you describe it like that i'm totally going to use that um you completely changed your life moving forward not in a single second but you made the decision to rebuke the enemy and to walk the path that god has laid out for you yeah, I mean- Oh my gosh. So what does your relationship look like now with God and with thoughts that come to your minds, or even like parts of your journey? Like when you had to really fight and battle these lies, how did you shift? So say somebody's experiencing like, okay, they've listened through and they're like, Okay, I get this. I'm going to start this process. I'm going to start uprooting. But say tomorrow, they have an attack from the enemy and they start to hear these lies. What would you suggest them to do in those moments and throughout their journey of, of shifting from a lie being told to them to getting out of that?
0: Mm, Yeah. Um, So that I'll say it's like one of those things. I'll use this analogy, you know, because I've been moving. Right. And I've been packing and and we know that. When you get to packing and you get to pulling out stuff that you maybe have not touched in, in a minute or a long time, it gets really messy. <laughs> yeah. Right. It gets really messy. You like what in the world? <laughs> what in the world? And and, and so it almost it, it's like one of those things where it, it has to get worse before it gets better. And so it, it's like, OK, we got to take all of this out to actually make it better again so that way we can pack it up and leave, right? And that's the same thing that I would say to anyone who's listening, who's struggling within that particular, you know, area of their life. You have to first, you have to first Take it all out. You have to take everything out so that you can identify. So a lot of this, a lot of stuff that's been going along in this moving process with me is I've identified things that I'm not taking with me. I don't need it. It's It, ser- it doesn't, it, it no longer serves purpose for me. What do I need this for? And in that, I'm like, okay, that's me getting rid of something. That's me. And, and so to this, I'll say, that's me getting rid of an idea. The idea that I'm not good enough where I'm at for God. Like you are good. You are more than good enough enough. Right where you are. You know what I love about God, Danny? What I love about God is He will pursue you before you pursue Him.
1: Yeah.
0: I love that. I love that. That is one of the most beautiful things to me about, about God. Like He will pursue you and He'll keep on pursuing you. And He He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's a God that doesn't leave you. Like he doesn't leave you even when you want to be left, even when you want to be kept like God is in close proximity to you. And so it gets worse before it gets better. You know, but even going back to something that you said is you got to say it until you feel it. The reason that God gives us the ability to speak life to our situation, to speak life to ourselves. He was number one, the greatest example of that. Mm -hmm. Right? So in that, I'm constantly reminded of the God that literally spoke this universe into existence and everything that he spoke, it was. Don't try to do it out of a place of perfection. God doesn't want you to be perfect. He's not looking for a perfect response. He's looking just for a pure heart.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's just looking for a pure heart he just wants he just wants to know that as he's pursuing you, do you want it and your pursuit for him may not as be as strong as his pursuit for you in the moment, but even if you have an ounce, even if you have an ounce of pursuit, I promise you God can magnify that he can amplify that, but the greatest thing is just to start where you are and you don't have to you don't have to be perfect yeah. You know, God wants to lift your heavy burdens, right? That bur- that burden of you not feeling like you're not good enough, that burden of you not feeling like you're not worthy, that burden of feeling like you're not qualified, that burden of inadequacy, that burden of self-doubt, that burden of fear, God wants to lift that from you. Mm-hmm. he wants to take that from you you know what's so crazy and i know i'm probably going dancing in circles around your question i'm so sorry no, um yes. <laughs> you know what's you know what's so funny yesterday and i'm probably gonna share this i love how god speaks to me like i can be doing something and it could be like the smallest like someone may see it as the smallest thing or someone may see it as minute but that literally God will plant a seed or he'll say something. So yesterday as I'm, you know, I'm packing, like I said, I'm going through stuff. I'm trying to figure out, okay, what I keep, what I get rid of, what I didn't take with me, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I come across this like change. Okay. I come across this change. And as I'm going through, you know, I start at the bottom of the bag was like pennies. There was pennies at the bottom of the bag. So I'm going through the the bag, trying to get, take everything out of it. And I start to throw some pennies away, okay? But there was one penny in particular that I did not throw away. Now, the pennies that I threw away, they were like very, very like dirty looking. Mm -hmm. They were very, very tarnished. And so then the one penny that I was just like, oh, I can put this with my other pennies. God instantly, what he told me, he said, take it out the bag. Mm -hmm. He said, take those pennies out the bag. He said, they have the same value that the shiny penny has. Mm -hmm it has the same value. So no matter, what, what am I saying? No matter how tarnished you feel like you may look, no matter how dirty you feel like you are, you have value. God wants to use you in your mess. God wants you have value. And God reminded me just like that. It was a, remi- it, it was a reminder that I didn't know I needed Because I'm over here just throwing away these pennies because they don't look good. And God said, no, that's that's an example of you. But yet it Mm -hmm. still has value. If you were to take it to the store right now to give the the cashier some change, they will still accept it because it still has value. That's the same thing God is saying to you. I will still accept you because you have value. Come on.
1: So good. I love it.
0: Yeah, God God be wrecking me, girl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I swear, this journey, literally the walk with God is the most just – it's just – and you can't even describe it. It's just an experience. He literally is like your father guiding you through life and just giving you these life lessons and giving you these things for you to take and run with. And he's just he's a provider. He's a redeemer. He's so good. And so thank you, Taylor, for coming on and just encouraging the listeners, just speaking life into them, reminding us that we do have value, reminding us that we do have worth because it's not what this world says about you. What this world says about you is is false. It's about what God says about you, the creator of your life. Yes. And just walk in that. Leave this episode just knowing how much God loves you and how valuable and worthy you are to God. And leave knowing that this is a journey and it's so worth walking. It's yeah. so worth doing the deep work. It's so worth going yeah. back in time and uprooting things because the thing that I talk to a lot of people about, like the, the main thing people want is freedom Mm. and yeah, freedom can come with, you know, financial freedom. Yes. But the true, true, true freedom that we actually are seeking is that internal freedom is that, that freedom from our negative thoughts, that freedom from our fears, our doubts, that is, that is when you can walk in true freedom, because when you are walking in that God can make anything happen in your life. He can, he can, he can do the exterior stuff. Yeah. You have to be willing to do the interior stuff for God to be able to come in and you inviting God in to make the exterior change around you. Yeah. So thank you, Taylor, so much. Now, where can the listeners find you if they want more of you?
0: Yes. So if you want more of me, you can connect with me on social media at underscore Tay, T-A-Y-S-Y-M-O-N-E, underscore Tay Simone. That's the best way to connect with me right now. I haven't been as active on social media, but I promise I'm going to definitely be a little bit more active on social media because I definitely do know that that's a part of the spaces that God's calling me to be a part of. And then I also wanted to add this as we're wrapping up this, this conversation is you know, to the person who's listening, it's funny how God will use what you see as your biggest flaw, which you see as the thing that actually makes you unworthy. God will actually use that thing in your life. Like that's the thing that God wants to use in your life. It's just so funny to me how God will take something that you deem and see as so imperfect is the thing that he wants to use in your life, you know? So come into that, own that, embrace it because God wants to use that part of you. You see it right now as a weakness, but God already calls it strength, you know? And so I just wanted to add that because that just, just literally just came as you were talking, but yep, that's-
1: I'm so glad you added that that's so good we all need that reminder because that's the type of God that we serve Mm -hmm. that's him. All right, let's bring it in. Giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. And you know what? You just deserve it. The reviews and subscriptions mean a lot to me. So if you love today's episode, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any other episodes. Also, I'd love to hear your takeaways. So feel free to screenshot this episode, put it in your stories and tag me at Blackouts to Breakthroughs on Instagram with your biggest takeaways so I can connect with you and reshare your post. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, friend.